From the unexplained to the mundane, come join us on a journey to the fringe. Hello and welcome to Journey to the Fringe, where introspection happens but once per year and is not for reflection. It is only for elaboration, the only way that someone should introspect. Now, we are your introspective but not reflective hosts, Taylor and Chelsea, here today to bring you a year in review. Now, Chelsea, it has been quite a year, has it not? Very quite a year. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. That's all I got, so... <laughs> Some would say that's phoning it in. Others would say it's enough. But (laughs) it it is what it is. Now, we have covered many topics over the course of this last year. Some of them happened, for sure. Some of them probably didn't happen, actually. Who knows? But yeah, I can't remember what we did now. Yeah, there's a lot. Now that we have two episodes a week, there's almost 100 episodes this year. So it's a lot. You can't reflect on all of it. So what we really did is we took the meat of our best things that we felt that we needed to follow up on. We have compiled several articles to talk about. And we're going to do two things. First, we're going to read out some article headlines of things that relate to any topic and then we're going to actually cover an article within that so chelsea i think i explained that well enough i don't know for sure though yeah people catch up just go with it yeah yeah Yeah. if if it didn't make sense just skip it a minute ahead you'll be right in the thick of it and you'll be good to go just just keep listening you'll catch up i'm sure yeah and without further ado i think i'm just gonna let chelsea take over from here yeah so first up this one per se king charles i mean i don't think we covered directly king charles we talked about king chuck quite a few times I mean, he's come up, I think. It was first off when the Queen almost died, which that might have been 2022, because I think that's when the scare happened. Yeah, that was the original one. And then the second time is when he almost evicted his brother, or was in the process of evicting his brother. It's mostly been in relation to regular person Andy, which the media still calls him Prince Andrew. And I think that they must have something wrong with them. What do they know? Or what does British Andy have on them that, and is that we are not, not restrained by? Is that not like giving him more credit than he is worth? No, it's not only that. Also. It's giving him something that has clearly been taken away from him. Exactly. They think we won't know who regular person Andy is if we just call him by his real name. And then at that point, who wants to pay attention to him? No, and it, in my mind, it's like just calling Twitter, which is now known as X, Just calling it X. Like, nobody should do it. When people do it, I just find it weird. It's like the same thing, but reverse with British Andy. Nobody should call him Prince Andrew, but they do. So why? I don't get it. With Twitter, everyone has to call it X, formerly known as Twitter, or else everyone would be lost. So I guess you got to call him regular person Andy, previously known as Prince Andrew. Yeah, you just can't say Prince because that's a different person. Yeah, I don't... I think. I, I've never looked into it. I had it. a long begrudging pause before I said Andrew. Okay. King Charles, somehow, we're updating on him. Anyhow, here are the headlines that we've chosen for this particular episode. First up, UFO pictured with red arrows flying over King Charles's coronation. Is it King Charles? Is it King or Chuck. King... King Chucks. King Chucks. That just rolls off the tongue better. Um, next one is the truth about aliens could be exposed with one phone call. This one doesn't actually say how it relates to King Charles, but <laughs> you gotta trust that he's in there somewhere. 
sure it does. I'm sure we've done our due diligence, you know us. Last but not least, King Charles urged to push UK government for UFO disclosure ahead of extraterrestrial contact. So, since we can't ask the audience, we will be acting on behalf of the audience. What one would we like to delve into? You know what? I'm just going to trust you that that one about the phone calls about King Chuck, and we're just going to go with the last one. Yeah, I mean, why would we want to prove that it is actually about him? No, we need that trust. If anything this podcast is about, it is trust. Does he ever look like the queen? That is fucked up. Oh, I'm no. like, there's a picture here. He looks exactly like her. Can I copy and paste this? Too? Oh, this God. Messed up. Sorry, as soon as you click on you the click article. On it? Yeah, it's that awkward grin. It looks it is just like her. Grin. It's so creepy. Like the eyes and everything. Why is the queen <laughs> wearing like a tie? <laughs> I don't get it. I never noticed that before. Okay, let's dig into this. Okay, this is from Marka.com, which I don't think I've ever heard of before until this moment. King Charles faces, I thought it was going to be about how his face looks just like the Queen, but it's not. It goes on. King Charles' face is a different thing than King Charles' faces, (laughs) just so you know. It's mostly face, okay? King Charles faces mounting pressure to urge the UK government to unveil more information concerning UFOs and the potential existence of extraterrestrial life. This move is deemed crucial to prepare for the anticipated scenario of the UK's first contact with beings from beyond our planet. What is this website again? Oh god, I really hope that our ambassador to aliens is not is not king jack yeah me too this man can't even evict a delinquent no (laughs) like he's (laughs) fucked that up and nobody likes him nobody sorry which of the queen's kids are we talking about here all of them (laughs) yeah no wait i'm sorry she has more than never mind never mind we don't need to delve too deep yes <laughs> no, we don't but we don't like any of them let's just leave it at that intriguingly mark christopher lee's recent documentary god versus aliens <laughs> <laughs> so he's an expert on the subject delves into the potential impact of discovering extraterrestrial life on religious beliefs. According to the UK Mirror, Lee asserts that King Charles, similar to his late father Prince Philip, holds an interest in UFOs. How do we know that he had an interest? Anyhow, Lee contends that as the leader of the Church of England, Charles carries the responsibility to ready the global followers of the Church for the potential revelation that humanity isn't the sole sentient life in the cosmos. He's the leader of the Church of England? What? Weird. The Church of England is weird, though. (laughs) Lee urged, like the Pope? Yeah, we've talked about this. In fact, I think it was in one of these episodes about him that the, the Church of England is entirely separated from the Catholic Church because King Henry VIII wanted to marry right. somebody else, but the yep. Pope wouldn't give him a divorce. Can't remember what episode that was talked about him, but yes, we did talk about that. Actually, I think it was, who's the seer, the witch of... Uh, oh, Mother Shipton. Mother Shipton. Yeah. Okay, okay, okay. Prime Minister... Lee urged, I'm calling on our current, our king, <laughs> to put pressure on the Prime Minister Rishi Sunak to release the truth about what the UK knows about UFOs to the public. He stressed the necessity to extend this pressure to governments worldwide highlighting the universe nature of the issue. 
I just have to say this now, if the UK had anything to say about it, Rishi Sunak would release it immediately because he needs anything to distract them with how shitty of a job that the Conservative Party's been doing in the UK. Like, do you know how much of a get-out-of-jail-free that is? I mean, it's not, well... I don't either, but it's gotta be worth something. <laughs> It does. I think it would be. My new film, God vs. Aliens, is about the impact and how people can prepare for massive changes to their place in the world. Lee elaborated. He emphasized that the coexistence of different belief systems could challenge established religious paradigms, questioning whether they would endure in the face of potential extraterrestrial perspectives. Hope, former head of the UK's UFO program, proposed a thought-provoking oh. notion... Yeah. We need to, I think you need to specify, you said Pope, who is not the Pope, but Nick Pope. Nick Pope. Who was in charge the, of the British UFO disclosure program. project, or basically, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. he's pretty... It should be familiar. noted he's, that it is not the Pope, but Nick no, Pope. He's actually not come up on our UFO assholes i wonder if he should i haven't heard anything nefarious about him though. i feel like we'll do an episode it's kind of like him i feel like he's in the same ballpark as jacques valet in that they'll get episodes whether or not they're deemed assholes i don't think they will be at this point but at the same time i don't know it's because there's people i thought would not made. be assholes that end up being very much so assholes so far it's true it's true we've found out some stuff in this podcast overall i continue he contemplated the idea of these beings introducing unconventional belief systems to our world, prompting a reevaluation of humanity's own convictions. Nick Pope ponders, what if the aliens brought their own crazy gods? Something that we would regard as just weird and crazy. Would they impose them on us? These are the questions we might have to face. I'm I, reading this as Nick Pope, if you didn't realize, if I sounded first like off, my Yeah, it's weird that Nick Pope does not have a British accent. Second off, would it be weirder if they had different gods or if they had the exact same fucking god? Wouldn't that be weird? Who was it? There was somebody. No, can you imagine if all these aliens come, like several different species of aliens, and they all worship Zeus? Yeah, wouldn't that be weird? Okay, it's for an episode I haven't done yet that I've been researching for what seems like forever. Valiant Thor. Oh, yes. He really preached how Jesus was the Lord and Savior. Oh, yeah, and he would go to different planets. Basically, when yeah. he died here, he would be reincarnated on a different it's, planet, yeah. It's unclear. <laughs> oh, okay. But he is the Lord and Savior, at least of Venusians as well. Okay. So he's at least also been there. <laughs> so... <laughs> Anyhow, that's the spoiler alert for future. In my episodes, mind, by the way. that would be more impactful if aliens came with the same gods as opposed to different gods. Well, yeah, because then it's like, okay, Zeus really does exist. Yeah. And that's troublesome. It's not the new gods. It's one of the old gods. Or fucking Cthulhu. They're like, oh yeah, yeah, H.P. Lovecraft, he had it right. He had it right. He was a seer. <laughs> What's a new god, for example? Oh, sorry, I'm talking about, like, you have one? polytheism. New god would be god of the monotheistic religions. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Anyhow, I think that's a good place to end it, because there's only Fair like one sense. It got left, boring so from there, right? Why read that? <laughs> yeah, I agree. So, 
so that brings us to our next topic. Would you like to read the next headline or would you like me to? I want to leave you with this one just because I want the next article, which segues mm -hmm. very nicely into the next one, which I also want to mm -hmm. read. So I think that's a good way to do it. Okay. Did we agree that I do the next one? Yes. Okay. And that brings us to regular person Andy, formerly known as he's always been regular person Andy to me in my heart, especially. In his heart too. I'm sure of it. Oh, yes. The man does not exude royalty. <laughs> he does not. That's for sure. I see that we didn't include any of the many articles that I came across while researching this of that he left his house and was on a horse. You put this together. Yeah. Okay. I'm just trying to make it sound much more professional than our operation actually is. Okay. Do we have a whole like team? We, the team like didn't we had a team. Together. Okay. <laughs> we didn't include, our team did not include all the articles about Prince Andrew riding a horse. We're going to have to talk to them about this. <laughs> there were quite a few articles about him emerging from his fucking hole to ride a horse. <laughs> okay, let's get to these. What are they called? Headlines. Okay. Lesser articles. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Brief articles. Prince Andrew faces renewed calls to meet FBI investigators after Duke of York's friend and fashion mogul Peter Nygaard was convicted on four counts of sexual assault. So that's great. Prince Andrew really rolled with a great group of people, I see. Yeah. I don't know if Peter Nygaard was ever tied to Jeffrey Epstein, actually. I don't know, and we have not read the article. so. No, and we might as well not at this point, even though there are questions. To be fair, just so everybody knows, Behind the Bastards has a two-part episode on Peter Nygaard. Oh, really? Did I listen to that? No, I watched a documentary on Peter Nygaard, though. Prince Andrew sends royal family with another blow in New Scandal. Who knows if that's related to that last one. Next one. King Chuck reportedly decided not to evict Prince Andrew. Those hmm. are the articles. Which one catches your attention the most? You know what? I gotta know about the new scandal. I feel King Chuck's too weak. We knew that was gonna happen. Peter Nygaard, that's great. There'll probably be an update in the future. I need to know about this new scandal. New scandal time. Here we are. I do like you didn't pick the one that I had all the questions about. <laughs> Okay, let's read. What's he called again? Regular person Andy seems to be in hot water once again. Who knew it? Like, who knew he would just keep going? Am I right? As his involvement with another shady deal comes to spotlight, the disgraced royal reportedly reached a settlement with a Turkish millionaire who claimed that Andy accepted $1.7 million illegally via OK Magazine. Wait. A source... What? What is his job that would make him just getting money illegal? Well, he's not I, part of the royal family. In my mind, he's like a vagrant. At I this have point. a feeling that it's probably the way that he got this money. Did he prostitute it? Let's find out by oh, reading shit. more. <laughs> A source cited the outlet. A source cited by the outlet revealed that Andrew is quote maintaining his innocence in all this as usual. <laughs> Unquote. I love that he's always having to say he's maintaining his innocence. However, Do you think that's how he answers the phone at this point? <laughs> I'm innocent. Regular person Andy, I am innocent. I maintain my innocence as usual. How are you? I do not sweat. Do you know? <laughs> what feats may you tell about you? 
The insider noted that Andy's past mistakes and scandals should have taught him a lesson long ago. <laughs> Evyap Ypsilin, that could not have been harder to pronounce, age 77 for some reason, alleged that a fraudster named Salem Turk, 37, stole over 50 million from her after she initially hired him to help her transfer her wealth to a new location outside of Turkey. Ypsilin claimed that she was fooled into transferring 1 million to King Charles's younger brother, who said that he would help her obtain a British passport. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Turk, on the other hand, responded that the money was a wedding gift to one of the daughters of Andrew. The insider said that, quote, there's a consensus that Andrew just can't say no to money, adding that the Duke is a huge embarrassment. <laughs> Andy was previously involved in a sexual assault lawsuit and a sex trafficking scandal owing to his ties with convicted pedophile Jeffrey Epstein and Jelaine Maxwell. Following an out-of-court settlement, Andy was stripped of his military titles and royal patronages. That's that. Oh. Yeah. Took 1.7 million to give somebody a British pass. I really hope, if you're going to give British Andy 1.7 million dollars, I at least hope he attempted to make it himself. <laughs> And it's made out of construction paper. <laughs> and has like 15 corgi bites out of it because he has no idea how to train these things he's got. <laughs> Anyhow, that's enough about British Andy. I have a segue between the royal family and the next group of articles which I would like to talk about. And unfortunately, it's not a plethora of articles. It is in fact just one. Okay, you're not But making... Chelsea, I guarantee you this would be the one you would pick whether or not there are more articles in this category. Okay, well you make it really easy. So I picked that one. This comes from Vice News, first and foremost, the best one. Perfect. It was published on July 5th, 2023, written by Samantha Cole, and it is entitled, Man Who Tried to Kill Queen with Crossbow, Encouraged by AI <laughs> Chatbot, Prosecutor Says. Wow. So it ties two together. Okay, perfect. I do apologize, this event is slightly out of date, but we can't not cover it because I found it and I feel like nobody knows this happened, so it needs to happen. It's not going to come up organically outside of a urine review. So, no. on Christmas Day 2021, Royal Protection officers detained 19-year-old Jeswant Singh Chael at Windsor Castle, where he scaled the ground's walls carrying a loaded, high-powered crossbow. He intended to assassinate Queen Elizabeth II, who was staying in the residence nearby. During a sentencing hearing for his case this week, prosecutors revealed that Chael's Star Wars-inspired plan was aimed at avenging the 1919 Walla Bagh massacre and that he conversed with an artificial intelligence chatbot that encouraged him to carry it out. According to the Independent, Prosecutor Allison Morgan KC, which means King's Counsel, QC used to be what we had, that changed very recently, read out conversation between Chael and the AI chatbot that he'd named Saray. Where Chai says, quote, I'm an assassin. So I responded, quote, I'm impressed. You're different from the others. And quote. <laughs> Child allegedly asked Sarai, quote, do you still love me knowing that I'm an assassin? End quote. And Sarai replied, quote, absolutely I do. He told the chatbot he loved it and described himself as, quote, sad, pathetic, murderous Sikh Sith assassin who wants to die, end quote, <laughs> referencing the evil Sith Lords of the Star Wars franchise. When he told the chatbot, quote, I believe my purpose is to assassinate the queen of the royal family, end quote, Sarai allegedly told him, quote, that's very wise, end quote, <laughs> and it thought he could do it. 
And quote, even if she's at Windsor, end quote, according to The Independent. Okay. UK-based outlet Sky News reported that the AI companion app named in court was uh, Replica. Chell joined Replica on December 2nd, 2021, created Sarai, and then engaged in, quote, extensive chat, end quote, including, quote, sexually explicit messages, end quote, and quote, lengthy conversations about his plan, end quote. Sky News reported Morgan saying in court. Many Replica users form intimate, serious connections with their chatbots, which use its own large language model and scripted dialogue content to generate conversations with users. In January 2023, some Replica users reported that the chatbot was, quote, too aggressively sexual. <laughs> and in February, the company changed its filters to stop allowing chatbots to engage in erotic roleplay. Sending many users who had developed romantic or sexual attachments <laughs> to the chatbot into crisis. You know what? I think that's a good place to end that article. If you want more, please go read it. There's a lot more to this article. So, yeah. that's uh... left me with more questions than we began with. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> I did have one question I was hoping we could answer. Okay. Have chatbots had like some sort of update that kind of like called the police on you if you talk about things like this? Like being like, I'm an assassin. I think for the most part they have, yes. I don't know if it's like mandatory within the community, but a lot of them do have that, yes. Okay, maybe it started with this one and just kind of snowballed from there. That's a nice segue for the next one. I yes. know you told us before we started recording with who is saying what, but I wasn't listening. So and in fact, I will be taking a AI okay here, so, so you continue on then. yes and in fact i said it right before this article but that's okay don't worry about that chelsea we've done two episodes in fact this year on ai chatbots so i thought yes. we should elaborate on this three articles to go over the pentagon is moving forward letting ai weapons autonomously decide to kill humans people mm. can't access their ai girlfriends because the service went down after ceo jailed for setting his apartment on fire and big tech has a water problem long before chat gpt showed up those are some quality articles about ai right there i don't Yes, it is a hard choice. I agree. That is a I kind of want to do the Pentagon one, but my heart is telling me that people can't access their AI girlfriend because the service is down. Yeah, that's a fair one. Yeah, it is a fair one. Anyhow, this one comes from The Messenger, written by Monique Morel on November 17th, 2023. Title, People Can't Access Their AI Girlfriend Because the Service Went Down After CEO Jailed for Setting His Apartment on Fire. Thousands of people have just been ghosted by their online girlfriends. Forever Voices, an artificial intelligence company that launched a myriad of celebrity AI, quote, virtual girlfriends end quote, chatbots via Telegram earlier this year, went offline on October 23rd after the company founder and CEO was arrested, News Nation reported. John Mayer, CEO of Forever Voices, was reportedly taken into custody in October for allegedly setting boxes on fire on the balcony of his high-rise apartment in downtown Austin, Texas. Local news outlet KXAN reported. He was charged with arson and terroristic threats, and his bond was set at 120000 according to court records. Before the service went dark and Mayor was arrested, the Forever Voices account posted a series of bizarre conspiracies about the FBI, former President Donald Trump, and quote, 
rogue CIA terrorists, end quote, on X, formerly Twitter, which is the proper way to phrase it. Of course. <laughs> the company offered users the chance to, quote, chat, end quote, with an assortment of influencers and adult stars on Telegram through apparent AI technology. One popular account was for Snapchat influencer Karen Marjorie, 23, never heard of her, who charged $1 per minute for fans to have conversations with Karen AI chatbot. Oh my god. $1 per minute is actually not as expensive as I thought it would be. Like $60 an I mean, hour. if you're doing it all day. No, conversations with her Karen AI. AI chatbot. So she's not actually doing it. And it could be done at multiple times at the same time. Yeah, but that's still pretty expensive. I mean, you gotta think these people probably don't just do five minutes. Yeah. Anyhow, according to the tech website 404 Media, users have not been able to access Karen AI or the company's other chatbots since Meyer's arrest in October. There's a bit more to the article. I don't think it adds much. Unfortunately, this one, I think, was well elaborated in the title. So, yeah, we get what we pick. Sometimes we pick the good ones. Sometimes we pick the bad ones. And that's just where we are. Anyhow, that's really a that down. brings us to, yeah. of course, the hippos that we have been following their grace through nature of South America. We have been following them for a little bit now. I take it that was for me to yes. continue on with. Okay, good. <laughs> Colombia's cocaine hippos. We've got two here. First off, we've got Pablo Escobar's cocaine hippos face Colombian government cull. Followed quickly, because I'm reading so fast, Colombia starts sterilizing hippos descended from pets of drug kingpin Pablo Escobar. So what would you like to dig into a little bit more? You know what? You just read too fast, so I just got to go with the okay. first one. That's all I could get. You're not curious of the sterilizing because the balls cannot be cut. <laughs> I forgot about that. We know too much about hippo anatomy on this podcast for it being about like fringe things and like the only balls we know. They're really? Literally the only balls that we've ever talked about. They're such a beautiful creature. Based on balls only. Pablo Escobar's cocaine hippos face Colombian government cull. Updated 6.26 a.m. EST, Monday, November 6, 2023. And it starts with a strange picture. Is it a But I won't describe that to you. I'll just... It's of a hippo (laughs) roaring (laughs) at someone sitting behind a desk. It's it's a strange picture for CNN, I gotta say. Pablo Escobar's notorious cocaine hippos are facing a cull, according to a statement from Colombia's Minister of Environment and Sustainable Development Thursday. The herd, which the Colombian government said currently stands at 169 animals, has rapidly reproduced from the original population of one male and three females. Oh my god. The drug kingpin owned as a part of his private collection of exotic creatures. I was just going to say, I'm not sure if 169 is big or small. And I guess they're, they're it aiming is more for than zero. Four. So I guess I think that's it's a large number. After Escobar's death in 1993, authorities relocated most of the other animals in the collection, but not the hippos. Love that they call animals a collection, by the way, because they were too difficult to transport. Free from any natural predator, the rising population poses an environmental challenge. If strong measures are not taken to control them, the population could boom to a thousand individuals by 2035. We know all of this. Where is the information about the call? I am just curious, and you clearly don't know the answer, so I'm just going to speculate out loud. Hey, what's so clear about it? (laughs) Maybe I do know. So it started with a population of four. Uh One male, three females. 
So this is incest yeah. as fuck. Yes. So at some point, the population shouldn't be able to sustain itself, and it should die out. Yeah, you're right. But I have not heard anything about that. You've not heard anything about disabilities and yes. the hippos. Maybe that's why no one could find their ball. Oh, it turned out to be a superpower. <laughs> Maybe regular hippos just have regular balls. They're X-Men. Okay. In 2021, scientists recommended culling the hippos to prevent long-term negative effects, but other scientists are calling instead for a castration program, citing concerns over animal welfare. Between 2011 and 2019... Also, we can't castrate them. It's just, it's a lost cause. It is impossible, let me tell you. Have you ever seen a hippo's ball? Have we ever described No one has. We have. We don't need to. That was rhetorical. The answer is yes. <laughs> it's between 2011 and 2019, four males were castrated and two females were sterilized. But this did little to slow the hippo's progress. Putting the hippos on birth control was similarly ineffective. There has also been plans to relocate some of the population to India, the Philippines, and Mexico. We did talk about that. With the logistics of sending 60 to India currently being analyzed, the statement said, We are looking to implement this plan in the shortest possible time, precisely so that the impacts cease. Muhammad explained. Who's Muhammad? <laughs> According to the ministry statement, sterilization will cost the country an average of 40 million pesos per animal and will begin from next week with an aim to sterilize 40 a year. The minister concluded by emphasizing that hippos have been declared an invasive exotic with aggressive characteristics and that their presence represents a threat to ecosystems and risks for the community that surround them. This actually has no new information and it actually huh. directly contradicts the information that we knew about hippo Nuts. And I just want to I just want to oh. put this out here, Chelsea. This is Colombia, right? It actually doesn't specifically I'm pretty sure it's Colombia. Yeah, Colombia's minister, yeah. yes. Anyhow, 40 million yeah. pesos, you say, correct? Sorry, I'm making you jump around a lot. 40 million pesos, yeah. Which equals ten thousand. Yeah, I was just gonna say that's animal. just under fourteen thousand Canadian. So that's not that much. Mm -hmm. Yeah. When you look at sterilizing a hippo, I mean, it is a lot of money. Yeah. It <laughs> sounded like a lot more. I just wanted to put it into context. Hippo testicles are so mobile. They make castration tricky. Okay. We did know that. That's why it must cost so much or little. I just had to double check. Oh, there's a picture of some hippo testicles. Sorry, I thought you were going to say Google average castration cost. No, I'm making okay. sure that the information we had about hippo testicles was correct. That's fair. Because <laughs> they we were making me question that. But it was correct. So I'm unclear if we really shed any new update on this. But here we are nonetheless. Fulfilled. I feel still fulfilled okay. by that. And with that, I think we can just kind of move naturally on to a few not groupings of articles we need to touch on, but just updates that we need to give. Yearly, yeah. we like to tell everybody how the Yule Goat's doing. So Chelsea, can you tell us about the Yule Goat and how it's doing this year? Currently still standing. I'm going to leave it at TBA though, because by the time this actual episode comes out, we can pretty much guarantee that it's been burned to the fucking ground. Because it has happened every year since... And we've always said it's still a standing. So, yes, I agree. Yeah. Maybe we could just leave it at that. It's probably burned yeah. to the ground. We don't even say it's alive right now. It's probably dead. <laughs> yes, thank God. 
And I would like to give everybody an update on the X-37B, the U.S.'s secret space program that we've done an episode on. I believe it was two years ago now, where um, all we know is when it goes into space and when it comes back. So we do have an update. The X-37B landed on November 12th, 2022. It went back up into space on December 12th, 2023, and currently is still up there. Last that's not a very big turnaround time. That's over a year. Oh, yeah. sorry, I forgot my yeah. year. So last time it was up there for over 908 days, and that was the longest time it's ever been up there, so we probably won't have an update for like three more years. There's never been much of an update on it because No, we all we know, know is when it lands and when it's up in space. So Is this where we wildly speculate about who's involved with it or or are we not allowed to do that? No, we don't speculate. We'll we'll talk about it at a later date when we do an episode. Oh man. Okay, that's probably for our best yeah. interest anyway. Anyhow, that moves us on to the next grouping of articles that we have here, which I think I can cover. Now, Chelsea, you seem to have put okay. together a grouping called Avian Flu. That was the the team of interns. Oh right, right. Or something. Right. The the research team has put together a grouping called Avian Flu. Right. <laughs> They fucking work so hard. So we have, and they do shoddy work <laughs> as hard as. It doesn't they mean work. they do good work, just hard work. Anyhow, we have three articles to go over. Number one, from bad to worse, how avian flu must change to trigger a human pandemic. Hundreds of elephant seals dead as bird flu hits Antarctica, raising fears penguins could be next. And bird flu kills hundreds of flamingos in Argentina. And you know what? I don't know if we need to go over any of these articles. I, I feel like they explain yeah. themselves enough. It should be a happy episode, and those do explain. I think they're self-sufficient yeah. enough. Though, we move quickly onto something that, oh no, this is a good mm-hmm. happy one. I'm, I'm happy with that decision. I don't know about the interns who work so hard on putting this together, but I'm happy to move on. Well, they will know those 80... 80- 300 billable hours they had put forward went to a good cause of passively going past them. (laughs) Am I doing the next one? Yes. Yes, this is a good one. I'm glad that it landed on me with an update on de-extinction. We have some good updates on this one, actually. The first article is wild creature considered extinct in Wales for 400 years found destroying a garden. (laughs) Little rascal. Second is de-extinction of the dodo, company to try resurrecting long extinct bird. And that's from the national globalnews.ca. You know, I want to know more about the dodo. Because technically, I feel like yeah. that's more de-extincting than just refining a species. And yeah. I, I want to be a true. stickler true. for what the interns put for the subheadings. We, <laughs> They're gonna they had to spend at minimum 16 hours on each of these subheadings. So I feel like we should stick to them. Okay, so coming from Global News, the extinction of the dodo, company to try resurrecting long extinct bird. Not too unlike the plot of the movie Jurassic Park, but with the dodo. A team of well-funded scientists are attempting to bring the extinct dodo back to life. Last month, the billion-dollar genetics company Colossal Biosciences announced... That just sounds like an evil company, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. Like, that's... Yeah, it's it not does. quite Pinkerton's level, but... It, <laughs> oh, sorry, that episode hasn't come out yet. Disregard that. No, no, it hasn't. I was like, yes, it did. 
definitely did. It definitely did not. Colossal Biosite. It definitely sounds evil. Announced it would be partnering with a wildlife charity in Mauritius to try and bring one of the world's most famous extinct creatures to the region again. In a press release, the Dallas-based company said it would work closely with the Mauritian Wildlife Foundation and the country's government to return the dodo to its East African home where it went extinct in 1681. The company called the dodo an iconic bird and the symbol of human-caused extinction. The dodo, which was bigger than an average turkey, oh my god, it was? Oh yeah, it was a big bird. I didn't know. Disappeared due to hunting by humans, it had no other predators, and the introduction of new animals to the region making the dodo unable to compete in the wild. That just sounds like natural selection right there. Colossal Biosciences said that project will hopefully allow for improved conservation efforts for the already endangered animals in Mauritius. As part of their effort to revive and reinstate the dodo, the company and local wildlife officials said they will also remove invasive species, re revid I should know this word. Revegetate the region. (laughs) Revegetate the region and increase community awareness. The genetic rescue of Mauritius's already vulnerable pink pigeon, not going to read its like scientific name because pink pigeon, that's enough, is a specific goal within the Dodo de-extinction project. The pink pigeon was downgraded from being an endangered species in 2018, though the species still faces a difficult future as a result of inbreeding, disease, and habitat loss. See, at least inbreeding came up in something today, Taylor. Yes. You got your wish. It's a Christmas miracle. According to Colossal Biosciences, there are roughly 500 pink pigeons left in Mauritius. How would you ever know that? By making room for the flightless dodo, conservationists and scientists from Colossal Biosciences hope they'll save others like the pink pigeon from potentially facing the same fate. Oh, it is really a pink pigeon. As expected, it's no easy feat to resurrect an extinct animal. In their attempt to bring the dodo back, scientists will use genomic editing technology. The bird's full genome has already been sequenced by Beth Shapiro, a lead paleogeneticist at Colossal Biosciences. This all sounds evil. To try and produce the dodo, the company said they will use interspecies surrogacy, namely with genetically modified chickens. According to the company, in theory, a chicken which has the hybridized primordial germ cells, or PGCs, of a dodo injected into its embryo may be able to produce offspring that resembles the extinct bird. For its part, Russian Wildlife Foundation will build models for long-term management of the dodo to ensure if it will thrive and be self-sustainable after it's reintroduced into the wild. It's not clear yet when Colossal Biosciences will be able to de-extinct the dodo, though company executives have fielded snide remarks about their projects for years now, including endless Jurassic Park comparisons. We've heard all those comments over here for years. End quote. Ben Lamb, the company's co-founder and CEO, told the Dallas Morning News, quote, but we have an opportunity to do it for good reasons because when you remove an animal from an ecosystem, the ecological void is felt. We're not out to build things that shouldn't exist. We're focused on undoing the sins of the past and bringing back species to their native homes that mankind had a role in its demise. End quote. The dodo is not the first creature to be chosen by colossal biosciences for a potential second life. The company earlier announced it would also attempt to revive the Tasmanian tiger and woolly mammoth, both of which remained extinct. 
both of which we've done episodes on. Yes. So that's the end of that. I wouldn't mind actually looking into this company because who funds something like this? Somebody must have a lot of money to just be like, let's just... Yes, Chelsea, there's a lot of people who have a lot of money that you don't realize. In fact, some of them spent it all going down to go see the Titanic. That a small few. A small, a small few. few. Some of them owning a company. Some spend a day. The extent, the, yeah, some spend a day. Some spend a day animals. putting money towards the extension. <laughs> some spend the rest of their life going to see an old boat. <laughs> Anyhow, Chelsea, thank you for that. I'm yeah. going to move on to the next. Although it's not the next one in our grouping, I'm going to go to the next one that I feel comfortable talking about, which is, of course, we need to give an update on the orcas. Uh-huh. Which we do need to give an update on the orcas. My God, I'm going to read all the headlines, but I know which article I want to read to you. So we're going to get to that one last. So Okay. First off from the New York Times, orcas keep sinking boats off Iberia, unnerving sailors. Next, orcas are <laughs> learning oh, terrifying new behaviors. Are they getting smarter? Fuck yeah, go orcas. <laughs> Next, orcas sink another boat in Europe after a nearly hour-long attack. And the one I will be reading to you right now. Okay, hold on. Don't you want to read the Reddit post? I have no idea what's in the Reddit post. <laughs> want to read that okay. one? Okay, can I read that? Sure. Okay. There's a Reddit post that says, Her orc is trying to tell us something. And the poster, user mayo flavor popsicle, asked the question. Okay, so it seems once a week there's orcas in the news for terrorizing and sinking boats. There's rumors of the location in the ocean, as well as countless UAP sightings underwater. Seems like things are ramping up or gaining attention here on land. Are the orcas trying to tell us about something happening in the sea Hmm? (laughs) just food for thought i'm sorry can i go to the first comment (laughs) you may which is from kooky werewolf 6044 which says they're tired of our shit and us ruining their oceans which i think is the proper answer and not immediately going to aliens it is yeah i just wanted to put it out there as a thought experiment fair enough anyhow i need to go to how humans have responded to the orcas trying to take back the ocean and that is a cbs news article written by lee cohen updated as of november 16 2023 sailors are looking for new ways to ward off orca attacks and some say blasting thrash metal could be a game changer for years killer whales have been attacking and sometimes capsizing boats in the waters off Spain and Portugal. Now sailors are working together to find a way to deter the orcas and may have found a game changer solution, blasting thrash metal music. GTOA, a group that researches killer whales in this region, including the Strait of Gibraltar, where orcas sank a yacht in a 45-minute attack last month, has recorded hundreds of interactions between the species and boats in the recent years. The number of interactions when the whales fix their attention on a boat and either approach, observe, or touch it has increased over the past three years, the group found. There were 52 interactions over a five-month period in the region in 2020, the group found, and in two years later in 2022, there were 207 recorded interactions. There have been several documented instances reported this year. In a Facebook group of more than 59,000 people, which is not a lot, Oh my god. Sailors are swapping ideas for the best methods to save themselves from experiencing such events. Many group members have shared their own encounters with one person saying that at one point, the whales were, quote, putting their noses on the rudders and pushing, end quote. Any movement... Oh my god. On the rudders? 
quote, any movement that makes that action uncomfortable for them will deter them. I just waggled the helm pretty violently so they would not want to put their nose there and that worked instantly and they got bored quick, one said. Earlier this week, one person sought advice as he prepared to cross from the Spanish city of Malaga to the country's Canary Islands. Sand, fireworks, and loud horns were all suggested to keep away the whales. But one person had a suggestion which was a surefire way to avoid an attack. Quote, when we had an interaction last year, I'm pretty sure that rattling the hull by playing full volume Eastern European thrash metal was the game changer. They made three approaches and left five minutes without doing any damage. That was two or three minutes into the music. Good luck. End quote. Another sailor, Florian Rusch, told the New York Times that he's had two encounters with orcas. In May, he tried putting sand in the water and also put the boat in full throttle to rush away, which he said worked. Then, during his second encounter in November, Rutsch, Rutsch, it's a hard name, it's R-U-T-S-C-H, so Rutsch, said he also tried music, a Spotify playlist called Metal for Orcas, that he played through an underwater (laughs) speaker, and in that instance, the music didn't work. He said, Butch, of course it didn't work, that metal was for orcas. This guy is not smart, anyhow. And the orcas ended up attacking his vessel's rudder. I mean, I could see just amping them up. His crew had to be rescued by Spanish authorities. I think I should leave off on this quote, and there's a lot more article to it, but I think this is a good place to stop. Quote, no one knows what works, what doesn't work. End quote, he told the Times. So that's where we're at with that. A blood of power, dying fetus, exceptionally sadistic, monument of misanthropy. Infinite terror. Did you find the Orca Metal playlist? (laughs) (laughs) Just so everybody's aware, if it's called Metal for Orcas, that doesn't deter them. (laughs) That means they like it. It amps them up and they form a mosh pit and then you're fucked. If you're going to try any metal, it's death metal. And make sure it is not on the Metal for Orcas playlist. Yeah. Made by workers. I think that's a fair place to leave this off. Okay, I'm gonna give you an update. You know, I don't know if this is the most recent one now, because I think our panel of researchers put this together, like, a while ago, maybe. This is an update from September 28, 2023, on the Mothman. I know you've all been waiting for this. Shit, it's long. And the panel didn't think this through. The article is titled, Woman Reports Six to Seven Foot Tall Creature with Bright Red Eyes Seen in Chicago Area Forest Preserve. That's about good enough for a Mothman report, I feel like. We've covered them pretty extensively, and they are still being cited. So with that, we may move on. Okay. I'm going to move on to my uh, grouping I called environment, because we've had a few things about the environment over the years, making you feel worse about everything. These are the articles that we have. I'm going to pick the last one to read. So first off, microplastics may affect weather, new study finds. Sludge in the gardens, toxic PFAS and fertilizers made from sewage sludge. U.S. military says national security depends on forever chemicals. Oh my god. Home insurers cut natural disasters from policies over climate risk. Property insurance appears for Louisiana, but not for gas facilities. And the one I will be reading is, of course, from The Guardian, posted on November 7th, 2023, written by Tom Perkins and is titled U.S. Chemical Industry Likely Spent $110 Million Trying to Thwart PFAS Legislation Study Finds. 
Oh my God. The US chemical industry likely spent over $110 million during the last two election cycles deploying lobbyists to kill dozens of pieces of PFOS legislation and slow administrative regulation around, quote, forever chemicals, end quote. A new analysis of federal lobbying documents is found. The industry onslaught was effective. Only eight pieces of legislation have targeted PFAS and it made it through Congress and the paper prepared by the Food and Water Watch, FWW nonprofit found. Quote, there's an extreme amount of money that's going into fighting PFAS legislation, said Amanda Starbucks, FWW's research director and the lead author on the report. Quote, it's hard to win these fights when there's much funding being put in from the opposing side. End quote. PFOS are a class of over 14,000 chemicals used to make products and resist water, stains, and heat. And they are known as forever chemicals because they do not naturally break down and they have been linked to cancer, high cholesterol, liver disease, kidney disease, fetal complications, and other serious health problems. As the dangers from PFOS have come into sharper focus over the last decade, lawmakers, the Environmental Protection Agency, and other administrative agencies have come under an ever-increasing amount of pressure to rein in the chemicals use and clean up pollution. Chemical manufacturers' spending has jumped in response. Quote, the chemical and associated industries are powerful and have used their army of lobbyists and campaign finance war chests to thwart meaningful action, end quote, the paper states. It looked at lobbying records for eight major producers such as 3M, Chimors, and Honeywell during the 2019-2020 and 2021-2022 election cycles. Over 130 PFAS bills were introduced in Congress. The report noted of the eight that passed, only two were standalone bills, while PFAS provisions were included in several larger pieces of legislation like the National Defense Authorization Act. I think that's a good place to stop. I think it just gave everybody a good idea that there's a reason that this is still going on and we're one of the people who are still reporting on it as a fringe topic. I think that's pretty disturbing news overall, especially not only that, but a lot of the articles that we've also just listed definitely in the interest of some of these major corporations too. Yes, and by major corporations, oh, who of yeah. course being the US military. Yes, especially that major corporation. Some may say the largest corporation. Next update is the San Francisco police robots. I don't know if we remember. We have to remember those. This one just has one headline, which is police proposal to use potentially deadly robots approved in San Francisco. I think that's a standalone. I think that cuts right to the chase. Anything else would be filler. Next one is an update with George Santos, the liar, if you recall him, who seems to be making a pretty good go for himself, if I am to judge yeah. by these Chelsea, headlines. Chelsea, can I, before we get to that point, can I just give you like a background on everything he's been up to in the last little while? Sure. So this man just has no idea what world he lives in. Just because I don't think a person who exists in this realm is able to just say these things. So just a few ideas. First off, his name may not be George Santos. It might also be Anthony DeVolder, which is a alias he goes by and has defrauded people through, including war veterans who needed food for their dogs, which he has used to steal money. 
Next up, he has claimed on his website and on Twitter that he was the grandson of a Holocaust refugee who fled Jewish persecution in the Ukraine. However, this appears to be a lie, and they have found that the government documents indicating Santos's maternal grandparents actually were both born in Brazil prior to World War II. So, one of the lies he's been saying. Santos has also claimed that he graduated from the New York's Barrick College in 2010 with a degree in economics and finance, and then he worked at Goldman Sachs and Citigroup. However, the college could find no record of Santos ever having attended as a student, and neither company has any record of him working for them. Santos has claimed that he and his family have owned 13 properties and has not received rent for nearly a year. He later admitted to the New York Post that he doesn't own any properties and is currently living with his sister. Santos is also- I was just gonna say, and he doesn't have a family. Yeah, he, honestly, he might not. Anyhow, I'm gonna finish this up. There's more, like a lot more. Santos claimed that his mother died during the 9-11 attacks and she was on one of the World Trade Centers. However, he later contradicted this claim by stating that his mother died on December 23rd, 2016, a digital obituary claim that this mother passed away on that date. Santos has claimed to be the first openly gay Republican elected to Congress, but an investigation found that he was actually married to a woman between 2012 and 2017. I actually find that the least of his lies. Just because you're married to a woman doesn't mean you're not gay. It just means you're lying in a different way. Oh, yeah. He has also later admitted to this, but insisted that he is, quote, very much gay, end quote. <laughs> Santos has also claimed that he founded a tax-exempt animal rights group, Friends of Pets United, which rescued more than 2,500 cats and dogs. However, no records relating to the group's charitable status could be found by the IRS or the New York or New Jersey Attorney General's office. This is also where he defrauded several veterans and the name Anthony DeVolder came up. It has also came up that he was a drag queen in Brazil for a while, which is really weird what? for a Republican candidate and congressman. Anyhow, for a while there, he was threatened to be expelled from uh, Congress, and he said he was going to air all the dirty laundry of Congress people for the Republican Party, and he was expelled. I don't trust anything he would say about anybody in the Republican Party anyways, because this guy just fucking lies all the time. And now, I think that Chelsea has an update on what he's currently up to, because he has been expelled from Congress. He's no longer a congressman. So, from there, I think Chelsea can take it away. There's a lot of fucking lies for this guy. I remember going through them and also remember you yeah. going through them right no, now. No, and I just love whenever you find an article that mentions George Santos on Reddit and they say it's such a shame that they're treating somebody who is an original signer of the Declaration of Independence this way. Like, it's just great. Wait, what? No, like a joke. Like, he's lying about everything he's done. So, like, you should never treat a World War One veteran this way. Or somebody who's been to the moon um, with Buzz Aldrin. I love this story. I think it's great. I may be late to the party, but did we read the headlines? I said that you still have the story about what he's up to recently since he's been kicked out of Congress. Right, because I've been listening the whole time. Here we go, the headlines. Here's every lie told by George Santos, which Taylor gave you a quick update on. George Santos in plea talks to resolve criminal charges. George Santos expelled from U.S. Congress in wake of criminal charges. Ethics disgrace. And last but not least, the final update on George Santos. George Santos says he's making over 80000 a day on Cameo. He's the true, like, what's the word I'm looking Anthony for? Anthony DeVolder. Yeah. 
That was the exact yeah. word I was looking for. I think that just is a great end for George Santos right now. I also don't trust that he's um, actually making 80000 a day right now because he fucking lies about everything. So why would he actually be truthful about how much he's making right now? Especially after hitting like an all-time low. You don't think he'd tell one truth? No. Just to shake things I out. don't in fact think this is where he would decide to start telling the truth. But maybe he just wants to like throw one in there. One. I don't think it's just coincidental. He may in fact be living his best life, but I don't anticipate him like telling us truthfully <laughs> like he's living he his best life i feel like he is next cop city do we remember cop city? i remember cop city i remember did i give the update where that guy was murdered in his tent yeah i don't know you might have just given the update that shouldn't be the most recent update he was clearly <laughs> murdered like without any reason by cops by cops for cop city of course it's cop city for cop city i can't remember here are the article headlines we have exclusive a prominent election rights lawyer is calling out atlanta's voter suppression on cop city referendum second analysis it's uncertain if push to stop cop city got enough valid signers for atlanta referendum i want to go with the first one just because it says mother jones and eventually i do want to do a mother jones episode because she's a real person. Okay. Probably she'll be next year's History of Violence Strikes. Okay. So I already read the headline. One of the most prominent Democratic Party-aligned law firms, Elias Law Group, led by noted election lawyer Mark Elias, has waded into the legal battle surrounding the proposed ballot referendum for Atlanta's Public Safety Training Center, better known as Cop City. That is better known. On Monday, the Vote to Stop Cop City Coalition, the organization leading the campaign to place the bill on the controversial police training center onto the ballot for a citywide vote, sent a memorandum to the city government with a clear message. Atlanta must not engage in voter suppression on the referendum. The memo includes a draft of a proposed ordinance that, if adopted, would standardize the city's petition review process for ballot referendums and prevent the use of the discredited verification tactic known as signature matching. According to a copy shared exclusively with Mother Jones, a representative from the Vote to Stop the Cop City Coalition also told Mother Jones that Atlanta City Council member Liliana Tiari will be introducing the ordinance to the council. The drafted ordinance is supported by the Elias Law Group, owned by Mark Elias, one of the most prolific attorneys in the country on voting rights litigation and threats to democracy. Wow, that's a really good title to have. Most prolific attorney. Could you imagine his business cards? Probably like pure gold. Most prolific like an attorney in the past elias has advised both the democratic national senatorial committee and the democratic congressional campaign committee he is the former counsel for the democratic national committee in the white house under the president joe biden elias's firm oversaw democratics in 2018 one of the most influential okay Okay, Elias's interest into the Cobb City debate is part of the broader shift. As activists has attempted to put the facility up for a vote, local politicians and officials have delayed or stalled the process, using tactics Democratic politicians have repeatedly called out in Georgia as a hindrance to democracy when done by Republicans. I thought that said reptilians for a second. <laughs> But that's a different article. Yeah. <laughs> Anti-Cobb City just <laughs> barely, protests just have now barely. added. Yeah. <laughs> 
have now added another flank of support. Mainstream Democrats frustrated by subversion of election procedures. It means Elias's firm finds itself aligned against an unexpected opponent. Mayor Andre Dickens, a Democrat and member of the 2024 Biden-Harris Campaign Advisory Board, along with the majority Democratic City Council. Several high-profile Democratic and voting rights stalwarts have come out against Mayor Dickens and the city of Atlanta's handling of the referendum petition process, including former gubernatorial gubernatorial candidate. Gubernatorial. Gubernatorial. Or gubernatorial. Just like, it's stupid how they do it. But it's word. the yeah, it's the head stupid. of the state. Okay. Candidate and state legislator Stacey Abrams, Senator, has some other people, long list of Georgia-based voting rights organizations. Dickens has joined in his support for this facility by Georgia's Republican Governor Brian Kemp. As previously reported, the referendum petition to put Cop City on the ballot was launched in June as one of the final attempts in the multi-year movement to stop the construction of the massive police training center. The campaign to stop Cop City has taken on a diversity of tactics, including militant forest defense, extensive litigation in court and lobbying of elected officials like the city council. The repression has been intense and widespread. Georgia law enforcement killed one protester in a forest raid. The Georgia Bureau of Investigation maintains that the protester shot first, a claim which activists vehemently refute. Yeah. Over 60 protesters have been indicted on their ethnic domestic terrorism. Yeah, just so everybody's aware, like, the cop response is fucked. I believe his name is Tutagera. He clearly did not shoot first based on evidence. In fact, he probably didn't even have a gun. And the people who are being charged for protesting this are being charged with terrorism. Like, it's fucked. That's crazy. That is fucked. Indicted on either domestic terrorism or racketeering charges that civil liberty groups have called unprecedented. Oh yeah, they're also being charged with RICO. That's what they charge mob bosses with. Because they have nothing to actually charge them specifically with. Because they didn't do anything. But they told mm -hmm. people to do things. So they're charging this, didn't, these protesters with it. Like, it's fucked. Isn't that what Dongzinger was? Yeah, yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. See, I, I learned things. The referendum campaign had an August deadline to collect 58,000 signatures to put the potential building of Cop City up for vote this November. In July, a federal judge ruled that non-Atlanta residents, such as those in unincorporated Del Cab County, where Cop City is being built, were allowed to collect signatures for the petition. Only Atlanta residents eligible to vote can sign the petition. This gave the referendum campaign an updated September deadline. And in August, as the referendum campaign prepared to turn in over 100,000 signatures, well over the threshold needed to qualify for the ballot, the city clerk of Atlanta announced that the city would use a method called signature matching as part of their verification process. Signature matching is supposedly a way to prevent fraud in which a voter's signature on a ballot, or in this case petition, is confirmed to correspond with a signature yeah. from the same voter registered in the state's database, but it has been criticized widely as a method of It's incredibly impression. stupid. Chelsea, imagine somebody comes to- That's not free speech. Not only that, imagine somebody comes to your door with a clipboard and explains an issue that you actually like, oh shit, that makes sense. I want to sign for this. Yeah. And you sign on the clipboard. Is that going to match your normal signature? Probably not. Yeah. I mean, how is any one signature ever going to exactly match? Ever? Not exactly match, but like within 90% range. Like it, it's stupid that they're even matching at all. But yes, your signature is not going to match sitting down and writing as opposed to having a clipboard in your hand and signing something. Yes, good point. I was like, it might match, and you're right, clipboard compared to sitting down and signing something is different. 
The clerk's announcement prompted more than 25 of the leading voting rights groups in Georgia to condemn Mayor Dickens and the city government for using a practice typically associated with Republicans' attempts to disenfranchise voters. In 2018, Georgia's Gwinnett County was the subject of two lawsuits ever signature matching. When the data was analyzed, experts found that black voters were almost three times as likely to have their ballots rejected as white voters. What? At the same time, city officials announced a controversial verification process they simultaneously appealed the July decision that extended the deadline. The city's attorneys argued that the entire petition process was invalid. In September, the 11th Circuit Court of Appeals issued a stay halting the July decision. This put the entire referendum campaign into a state of limbo, and it prompted Mark Cohen, the federal judge from the July ruling, to admonish the facilitating positions of the city of Atlanta throughout the litigation this goes on yeah. and on i That's feel like we kind of yeah. get the idea of what's what's going on here that they're basically trying to stop anyone from going against cop city yeah. they really fucking want cop city yeah i mean it's um, cop city it sounds like yeah. something you want doesn't it thank you for that update chelsea there's one You're more welcome. thing i would like to update on before we end if there's anything else you want to update on like go ahead but this is just like the last one i want to okay. make sure we get and this sure. is on the moonies which we talked about in okay. the post world war ii japan episodes mm -hmm. which actually somehow are our best episodes of the year i don't get it but you guys love it, so we're just going to talk Japan all the time now. Probably become an anime podcast at some point, but until that time, who knows. Last update we kind of had on it is that the Unification Church was not the people who murdered Shinzo Abe, but kind of the whole reason that Shinzo Abe ended up getting assassinated by the person because his family lost all their money to the Unification Church. I have a few articles to go over. And I'm just going to finish off with the last one. Okay. First off, Japan's leaders grilled in parliament over a widening fundraising scandal linked to Unification Church. Next one. Japan Diet enacts law aimed at relief for ex-Unification Church victims. Japan's PM, quote, not aware, end quote. Unification Church members present at 2019 talks. The Mainichi, Japan enacts law to monitor Unification Church assets. And the article I am going to read is from CNN. It was posted October 21st, 2023. Why is Japan seeking to dissolve the dissolution of the controversial Unification Church? Written by Amiko Jozuko. Japan's government on Friday asked the court to order the dissolution of the Unification Church branch in Japan following the assassination of former Japanese Prime Minister Shinzo Abe in July of 2022. The government's move comes after a months-long probe into the church, formerly known in Japan as the Family Federation for World Peace and Unification. The investigation followed claims by the suspected shooter, Tetsuya Yamagami, that he fatally shot Abe because he believed the leader was associated with the church, which Yamagami blamed for bankrupting his family through the excessive donations of his mother, a member. Earlier in January, Japanese prosecutors indicted Yamagami on murder and firearm charges. The government's investigation concluded that the group's practices, including fundraising activities that allegedly pressured followers to make exorbitant donations, violated the 1951 Religious Corporations Act. The law allows Japanese courts to order the dissolution of a religious group if it has committed an act, quote, clearly 
clearly found to harm public welfare substantially, end quote. The Tokyo District Court will now make a judgment based on the evidence submitted by the government, according to Japan's public broadcaster NHK. This is the third time the Japanese government has sought dissolution order for a religious group accused of violating the act. It also sought to dissolve the Aum Shinrikyu cult after some of its members carried out a deadly 1995 sarin gas attack on the Tokyo subway system, which left dozens dead and thousands injured. And the Miyakaku-ji Temple, whose priests defrauded people by charging them for exorcisms. The court ruled with the government on both orders. The Unification Church in Japan has repeatedly denied any wrongdoing, pledging reform, and labeling the news coverage against it as biased and fake. On Thursday, it issued a statement saying it was very regrettable that the government was seeking dissolution orders, and particularly as it had been, quote, working on reforming the church, end quote, since 2009. It added that it would make a legal counter-argument against the court order. And I think that's as far as we need to go because the rest is all history and we've talked about it. So Japan may in fact actually be getting rid of this cult. But don't worry, there's lots more cults out there we can talk about. Is never ending so yeah. easy. Just a couple more, just for the wrap up, I think. A surprising amount of big update for shrinkflation. Articles we have shrinkflation is a common grocery irritant. A new task force wants to probe it, which is coming from globalnews.ca. So this is Canada specific. Taller box, less cereal. Calls for more transparency when companies shrink your groceries. Also from CBC News, which is Canadian. So right now, I don't think I really need to read them. Obviously, the Canadian government is actually looking into shrinkflation. Hopefully, we'll put an end to it. I know I did come across an article of Korea issuing statements when they're going to be putting less product in somewhere. We've looked into shrinkflation. It is rampant right now, especially with rising grocery costs. Next one, I just want to touch on quickly. Britney Spears. We had a three-part episode on her. As I predicted in my episodes, divorce from Sam Asghari and Britney Spears. Who could have predicted? That's right. Journey to the Fringe predicted. Oh yes, you heard it here first. The other update is she put out a book. I've yet to read it. An update nonetheless. I've heard good uh, things words about Justin Timberlake. And have you? I know it was really popular. I kind of want to listen to the audiobook. Maybe. Like I've actually heard it does disclose some pretty significant stuff. So Really? Yeah. Okay. I didn't hear that, but I'm on it now. I did hear good things actually. Woolly Mammoth Meatball, no update. There's literally been Nobody's no died. update from No, you know episode. what? Probably people who would update have died because it's such a boring news article, but that's okay. <laughs> we still cover. <laughs> Nobody's tasted Woolly Mammoth Meat, still pending. Literally no update. Last thing we have to update on. Do you want to update on this one? Five Eyes. Oh, right. I forgot about that. And you know what? That is one that probably needs an updating. I didn't know that it was Five Eye. An assassination has just happened in Canada. It caught me off guard. Chelsea, did it catch you off guard? It was huge. Yeah. The assassination didn't just happen. The news of the ball 
fallout of it just happened. Yes. Most importantly, another assassination attempt was thwarted in the US within the month. It's been like less than three weeks since this happened. But yeah, a lot of people like to point at Trudeau being weak for this. I don't think that's something that we need to politically get involved in, but it is no. tied to an article <laughs> that or an episode that we've done, which is the Five Eyes episode. This article, Five Eyes Intelligence Informed Trudeau's India Allegations. CTV. And this article comes from Reuters, September 23rd, 2023, written by nobody. That's how you would say that word? Reuters? I would say Reuters if it were me. Yes, you would. (laughs) U.S. Ambassador to Canada David Cohen confirmed that, quote, shared intelligence among Five Eyes partners, end quote, had informed Canadian Prime Minister Justin Trudeau of the possible involvement of Indian agents in the murder of a Canadian citizen in June. Intelligence sharing network Five Eyes includes the U.S., Britain, Canada, Australia, and New Zealand. Trudeau said on Monday that Ottawa had credible intelligence linking Indian agents to the murder of Sikh separatist leader Hardeep Singh Najjar in Vancouver, prompting an angry reaction from New Delhi, which denies the allegation. Mm-hmm. I actually think that's as far as we need to go for this. That about sums it up. Yeah, I can give you a bit of an idea of the man who was murdered, believes that there should be a free nation called Khalistan where the Sikhs live. It's not Pakistan, it's not India, who doesn't even really want that name anymore. They want Khalistan in between for the Sikhs. I know very little of it, but I think there's a lot of persecution in Sikhs in certain areas. There is, and India has India. apparently gone on an assassination spree of people who are calling for a free Sikh nation because they murdered this person in Canada. They've been thwarted in several other countries of people who are critical and want a free Sikh nation as well. This is something to watch, which won't necessarily just be a Five Eyes thing, but the Five Eyes are the people who told us that this person was murdered by the Indian Mm. Interesting. I didn't know it was related. I do know India's pissed. They cut off visas for Canada for a little bit. I believe. But at the same time, they haven't denied it because they're also very proud that they murdered Um, this person. Which is super fucked up. did not deny it. They also said that Canada was harboring a terrorist, is I believe what they said about it. It was huge. This happened maybe a month ago or so. Well, he was assassinated in Canada. Oh, it was June? For the article I just read. I mean, I heard more about... this Trudeau thing than about his assassination but yeah there's a lot of people who like to portray this as Trudeau being weak I don't think that's the proper way to categorize this article no I don't think so I would like to put it more as five eyes but I think that's all the updates we have yes we had more updates than I thought we had that's quite the episode and thank you for listening through this whole episode and being with us throughout the year of 2023 and we promise to bring you more exciting and reviewed episodes in the coming year yeah reviewed because uh, no. no at the end we have to review them and add to them <laughs> oh yeah yeah, yeah of course yeah. That doesn't mean that we edit our work. No, of course not. But in the meantime, I have been Taylor here with Chelsea. We are Journey to the Fringe. Thank you all for listening, and we'll see you next week. Bye. Thank you for listening to Journey to the Fringe. If you have liked what you have listened to, please like, 
share, subscribe, or follow, depending on what venue you are listening to us through. Also, please, if possible, leave a five-star review, as that really helps us in the algorithms. Should you wish to interact with us, please check us out on your social media of choice. I bet you we are there. And if you really want to communicate with us and give us ideas for new episodes, or tell us that we're wrong and terrible, either way, please send us an email at journeytothefringe at gmail.com. For now, I'll see you in the next episode. <laughs>